the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Dr. Trudy Podcast, where together we learn to choose faith over fear, contentment over chaos, where we discover what it takes to live a life of victory. Dr. Trudy Simmons has a PhD in counseling. She's a certified life coach, a television host. She's completed 12 Ironman competitions. But if you were to ask her who she is, she'd tell you she's a woman of faith, a wife, and a mother. She's an overcomer with a calling and a gift for helping others to pull through the tough stuff. Thanks for joining us today. Here again is Dr. Trudy. Hey friends, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian Review. I'm so excited to be with you today and with my special guest. I can't wait for you to meet her. Um, We've been trying to, I believe, have an interview with Marina Hoffman for over a year. Is that right? Yes. We've been going back and forth for over a year trying to get this together. So I'm just excited to have you today. So thank you for saying yes and for jumping on with me today. It's so great to be with you, and I'm very excited for this topic. Yes, we're going to be talking about overcoming anxiety, depression, and trauma. And you have walked through all of them, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let me tell people a little bit about who you are. You, you have a Ph.D., and you are a professor at, the, um, at Palm Beach Atlantic University. So what all do you teach on? I teach on Bible and theology, and that ties to Christian values and really helping to prepare my students to think about what it means to be a Christian in their future vocation and career. That's amazing. And how long have you been doing that? I think uh, seven years now. Wow. So seven is completion. Yes. (laughs) So I wonder what the Lord has for you next. That's exciting to think about. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, um, sometimes the best things, you don't even see them coming until you're there. And then you just realize all the things that led up to it in God's hand and everything. Amen. Amen. So you're a professor. You're a mom. That's right. I have a sweet little four-year-old. Well, we're going to hear about her in a little while. And you've also written a book. So let's, let's, let's talk about your book just for a minute, uh, Women in the Bible. Yeah, it looks at eight stories of women. And you know, Trudy, you do know this. The women of the Bible have so much to teach us. They're courageous. They're leaders. They show such amazing examples of faithful obedience to God. And at the same time, Trudy, their lives were not easy. They went through so many struggles. And I think some of us get caught up in trying to connect our culture to theirs. But far more important than culture is the human experience. And they had relationship issues and struggles having children, so many of the things we can have today. So I just love the opportunity to open up the scriptures to other women and say, you know what, these can be role models. And even Trudy in my life during many dark patches, these women were friends to me that I grew to know and love so well through their stories in the Bible. I love that. And you know, it makes you, we're, we're real. Like, you know, they, what the women in the Bible went through, we're still going through today. You know, they still, they struggle just like we struggled. And so I think it's very relevant. And it's also a Bible study, correct? It's an eight week Bible study that you take women through. 
Yes, and everyone can do it by themselves, but I call it small group because I really hope that women will be impacted and will want to include others, even if it's on Zoom or, you know, there's got to be someone in your life that you can walk with as you study these women. It's so encouraging, even talking to you here today, Charity. Right. It's wonderful to talk with other women in here. They're the way that God speaks to them through scripture as well. Amen. Amen. Because the Lord never meant for us to walk this journey alone. Right. He, he never he wants us to have people on our right and to the left. But he also wants us to have mentors, people, women who have gone before us so that they can we can ask them questions and glean from them. He never the Lord never intended us to walk this journey alone. Yeah. And I'm so thankful. I actually know some women that were afraid to venture out again, afraid to talk to their neighbors. And it's easy to invite someone to a Bible study. So I think God has these little miracles and we think we're reaching someone else and we think we're blessing them. And then God goes and turns it all around and blesses us tenfold. Amen. Amen. So, you know, let's talk a little bit. We're we're getting ready to go into the holidays. And, you know, there's that song that says it's the most wonderful time of the year. But for so many, you know, they struggle with anxiety, with depression and, and because of the trauma that they've been through. So let's talk a little bit about the anxiety. That's right. Well, for me, eight years ago, I was coming home from an event with my husband and to our absolute shock, we're driving 70 miles an hour down the highway. Someone coming at us 70 miles an hour loses control. And Trudy, in a split second, our lives were forever changed. We had major physical injuries that we had to overcome. It was literally a true miracle in many different ways that we survived. Um, I can share one way. My husband, the last second, threw his body on top of me. Oh, wow. And would you believe that this car coming toward us pushes our engine into the driver's seat? And no one understood how he could survive. And here, can you imagine the picture? And we have one of this car with the driver's seat in there, with the engine there, and yet Larry's leaning over to protect me. So he didn't get crushed to death. Praise God. And my life, he took all the airbags, the poor man. He was purple for months. But in doing that, he also saved my life. I had internal injuries and those airbags would have killed me in a minute. So we had our physical limitations, Trudy, but also I had a brain injury. So between the trauma and the brain injury, I was diagnosed with severe depression, severe PTSD, severe anxiety for five years. So it was a long road, not only to overcome come these but to see God in the midst of it right right and you know you you think about the goodness of the Lord because nothing catches God by surprise even though that night caught you by surprise you know nothing caught the, the Lord by surprise and in his divine intervention you know gave your husband the ability to act quickly you know instead of getting paralyzed with what was happening he acted quickly to be able to save his life and your life It's so true. And, you know, that promise of God that he is a world in control, it came back to me so many times. But Trudy, there were times where I didn't feel my faith. I didn't feel like God was in control. I didn't feel like God would ever have allowed that to happen if God had been in control. And in those moments, how beautiful if we can have a faith that surpasses our feelings, where we can decide in our mind that we're going to hold on to God. And hold on to the promises of God's word, even when the signs around us don't seem to feel like this is the life that God promises us. And so as I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, it was terrible. But God was with me every step of the way. And, you know, one verse 
that came out so strongly to me, Trudy, was the verse to live is Christ. And we talk about it and yeah. it means many different things, layers of meaning. But for me, in those moments, those days, it was literally God holding me together. Amen. And so, you know, talk about your day to day. So after the accident, you know, you had severe injury. So what was the day to day walk for you with your faith, walking out your faith, the the days you didn't really believe. And then the days that you did believe what, how did they coexist? I struggled so much. Getting out of bed was a struggle. And when I was victorious over getting out of bed, it was sitting on the couch all day. Mm -hmm. And Trudy, there was a sense of healing time that I needed. I needed complete rest for a while. That's a given. But you know, there was a moment where I was sitting on the couch and honestly, I was craving a bit of chocolate. Right. And I'm moaning away in self-pity thinking, if only I could drive three minutes down the road, get my chocolate and come home. Life is so miserable. And it's like the Lord spoke to me and said, you can. You're choosing not to go. You can drive. You can get in the car again. And Trudy, it was a life-changing moment in a good way, but a moment of complete terror to think that I would get back in a car. And as I sat there thinking about this, I realized that I was dying. And it was not because of the injuries of the accident, but it was because of my choice to isolate and to cut off from everyone. So Trudy... Yes, I decided to get into the car and I drove slower than anyone has ever driven. I made it there on this little dirt road in the middle of nowhere and came back. And I remember when I sat in my car, I was shaking and I was hyperventing so much that I couldn't even let go of the wheel. My hands were so upset and I felt very anxious. But at the same time, I felt a sense of great courage and victory because I had not overcome my fears, but Trudy, I faced them. And for me, that was the first step to recovery. And I think that is, that's what people need to hear. You have to face your fear and, and that it's one step at a time, right? Victory is one step at a time. And so you took that first step of faith because the enemy wanted you to stay paralyzed in your anxiety and in your fear and in your isolation, because he knew that if he could, if the enemy could keep you bound, then you would never be able to walk in the victory that God had for you. That's so true. And you know, the idea of fear is complex in the Bible. So yes, we need to overcome fear and there's a fear that leads to death. But then there's also a sense of fear where it talks about fearing the Lord. And I think in that moment, Trudy, my fear of never doing anything for God again, never being full of life, never experiencing joy again, suddenly finally became greater than my fear of leaving the house. And I think sometimes if we can direct the fears that we have in life to the right things, it certainly drives our ourselves to God. So well, just fast forwarding a bit, Trudy, you can imagine when the world went in isolation again. Yeah. For me, it was a massive trigger. And I thought I was afraid. But for me, my greatest fear was being isolated again. So in that case, actually, my fear really drove me to continue to stay connected to people. Right. And what did you do? How did you stay connected to people? Well, I stayed home as we were supposed to. And in day three, I was going crazy because I had a one and a half year old. I was literally going mental with her jumping off the walls. So I just started to call the close friends. And, you know, there was a few people that said yes, but I was rejected a lot of times. Some people stopped answering their phones and it was a hard time for everyone. But I realized that 
I don't need to be a social butterfly and have a hundred friends. If God would just give me one friend, I would be so blessed. And there was a day when the church is open again, a bit earlier here in Florida, I went there and this lady who I had seen before and met, she wasn't wearing a mask. So she was like a magnet to me. We were the only people we could talk to face to face. And I said to her, a huge risk to Judy. I said, do you want to come? Like, do you want to hang out sometime? Right. She says to me, oh, like tomorrow. <laughs> so she I'm like, um, let me check my very busy calendar. Oh, Monday is free. I had a one and a half year old, right? Of course that was free. So she came over on Monday with her two kids. One was the same age as my daughter and my husband's hit it off and we hit it off. So I think in part it was the Lord, but in part it was just, you know what? I will take anyone who wants to be with me. Right. Anyone who wants, I remember when we first, we did our first, um, Christian View Conference after the world opened up. It was just the people came and they were crying, really. They were crying because they're like, I need community. I need to just, I need to see a smile. I need to see a face. And so it's just, we weren't meant for isolation, you know, as, as the body of Christ. We were meant, and as you said, we don't need a, you know, we don't need a whole, you know, plethora of friends. I mean, we can follow Jesus's model. He had three close ones and he had 12, you know, but sometimes I think we get the mindset of we've got to have a ton, you know, we've got to have so many friends, so many this, but that creates anxiety too, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And you know, God is so faithful. And I think it's so beautiful that he allowed this world to see and such blatant experience that we are meant for a relationship and for people of faith. I mean, that's the core of what it means to be a Christ follower, to follow the Lord, to know him, to know him so well that we can copy him and reflect him to others and to know that God loves us. And then to be able to have that relationship with others. I think even for myself, despite the isolation I had been before, it was a whole new realization just to say, truly, we can't live without each other. And that's what matters. And you know, Trudy, the one of the beautiful outcomes for me is I still face trials of this and that challenges we all do. Right. But at the end of the day, I truly am able to come back and thank God for my husband and my little daughter, because in the world of my family, life is so wonderful. And that's my peace and my joy and my sense of belonging and my sense of value. So how beautiful to have someone in life and to have God's blessings. But I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves of God's blessings and change our perspective a bit. Absolutely. I I do think we need to have that heart of gratitude, right? We have to have that heart of thanksgiving. Um, But when we're walking through anxiety and depression um, and trauma, we forget because we're so focused on the pain that we're in and how are we going to get out of the pain? Can you speak to a little bit of that? You know, I think so many times we're told by culture that we shouldn't suffer and we shouldn't feel pain. And it seems that there's medication for everything, even psychological problems, even depression. But I'll say something shocking. There is a value and a benefit to pain in our lives. And Mm -hmm. I think the most obvious example is when we hurt our ankle. What should we do, Trudy? should go to bed and put it up, even if we have an important afternoon meeting, right? That's what we need to do. And every time we step on it, we're reminded, oh, this is not something I should be doing. I'm still in pain. I need to rest my ankle. It needs healing. So if we can say there's at least one area of life that pain is benefit, we can ask, well, what if it benefits in other ways? So when I think of the pain and the depth of the valley of the shadow of death that I walk through, yes, it was very painful. But Trudy, at the same time, paralleling the pain 
was my encounter of Jesus. And I would love to say I could stay on that mountaintop of knowing God, but when my severe pain passed, so did that incredible awareness of God's presence. And let me be clear, I'm saying I was aware of God's presence because I wasn't doing anything else. I was right. laying in a hospital bed for days, then laying at home at bed in a bed for in bed for weeks. And as I had all that time to myself, my brain was way too fried to go on my phone. But you know, Trudy, those were such special days. The Lord would speak to me and had a brain injury. So I can't tell you all the things the Lord told me, right? Right. I couldn't even remember, but just truly at the very basis, the sense of God's presence. And then fast forward, right? My testimony is the restoration, the healing of God. And yet I never want to forget the pain I went through because having come out of the valley, I can reach down and help those who are in that place right now. I can walk with them. I can say to a degree, I understand what you're going through. I've lost or I've suffered or I've had broken in relationships. So I think if we can fix our eyes on how God may use our pain, it certainly gives a lot of meaning to it. And what what a thought that gives us hope, gives right. us hope for the pu- future and gives us a sense of purpose in our suffering. Amen. And you know, the scripture says in this life, you will have we will have troubles. We will have trials and tribulations, but he's overcome this, this world. And so I think some people... Um, Marina, that if they think that once they accept Christ, that there's not going to be any trouble, there's not going to be any suffering, there's not going to be any pain. And I, and that's a lie. I think that the enemy wants us to believe, well, I became a Christian. My life should be all, you know, butterflies and, and bells, right? Absolutely. And you know, Anyone who's going to follow Christ very basically will say the things of Christ, will do the things of Christ. They are guaranteed to be met with opposition and hostility every time we follow Christ and stand for what's right and stand for our values as people of faith. We will have an attack from others. So I think it's so much more refreshing if we can say, you know what, I will face opposition. And in the midst of that, I'll learn who my source of strength is. And the weaker I feel and the lower I feel, the greater God's presence and the greater God's strength is activated in my life. And that also was a huge pillar of strength to me. Amen. I think because it, we, when we, when we fall and we, and we have the, we have issues, trauma, depression, He's who we, he's who we need to run to because he is the anchor of our strength and he is the joy. I mean, I struggled with depression for many, many years and, and I didn't tell many people for a long time, but I was always, you know, trying to worship, trying to pray, trying to try and try and try. And one day the Lord said, you've got to stop. You've just got to rest in who I am. You know, I am King of King and Lord of Lords. And so I was trying to do everything in my own strengths to make the depression go away, to make the anxiety go away. And he just wanted me to be and to rest in his presence. You know, I can resonate so much with what you're saying, Trudy. And it was hard. Mm -hmm. It was hard to, it was hard for me to even accept that I could be a Christian and simply rest. Can you believe it? That's how like ingrained in me it was that I have to be doing, doing, serving, serving. And of course, an aspect to our faith is good works. But I finally understood through my own experience that God truly accepts us as we are. And he loved me as much in the moment when I couldn't get out of bed and I felt miserable as he did when I was busy serving serving in the church. And I, I'm sure you realized it more than me. It took me months before I could accept myself that I still had the same relationship with God apart from all the doing and simply in resting in who he was. 
Amen. And, you know, I think we, we all need to, as women, because women, we are doers, right? We are multitaskers. We are busy. But that's a tool of the enemy to say, you know, we sometimes take pride in saying, I'm, I'm so busy. My calendar is so full. But a lot of times that's a tool of the enemy to keep us so busy that we can't really focus on what the Lord wants us to focus on. Yeah. And, you know, I'll share a little story how I realized this, even as a mom, you know, of course we do so much for our children. And when they're first born, all we can do is do, do, do it. They don't understand um, our words. They just understand being fed when they're starving and changed when it's needed. But then they begin to grow up. And there was that moment where I realized Willow was thankful for all the snacks I gave her and all these other things that I did for her. But her favorite activity is if I would slow down steady myself, find peace within myself and sit down and do a one second jigsaw puzzle over 30 minutes. You know how they are, right? It's like so obvious and they're looking and looking for where the piece goes and just want to scream, do this and get it done and move on. But I had to learn so much about peace and grace and gratitude and gentleness to be able to find myself in her presence, not even caring if it took 20 minutes to almost escape time and be truly present. And I think Trudy, that's how God feels about us. Right. Of course, our doing has a role, but yes. what he loves most of all is when we stop and rest. Amen. In that quiet, still moments, you know, we, that is when we can really hear from the Lord and he can pour into us because if we don't do that as moms and women, um, if we don't let him pour into us, then we can't pour out. We can't give what we don't have. And so spending that quality time. And I, I love what you said about your daughter, because it's so true sitting down And just giving someone one-on-one attention, putting the phone away, putting the distractions away and focusing on the here and now and who is in front of you is so important and maybe even a lost art today. Yeah, I'm sure there are some of our viewers today that are wondering how on earth do we hear from the Lord? And, you know, I think it's hard to hear from God when there are so many other voices and you talk about busyness. I think another huge problem we have is all the noise in our life. And when you stop and listen for a minute, you begin to pick up the endless sounds around us. And some of it, we can't escape the traffic, the airplanes, but there are so many sounds we can silence. And I think being able to silence our phone, I mean, I really speak from experience. I decided like I had a brain injury, right? So I needed to quiet my life and I never put on a ringer at home. It is so wonderful to live life without constant dings and bells. And, you know, even if our viewers today, they just try it. Just try Give yourself an hour every day where you're in control and you talk to people when you decide to call them instead of being constantly on call to everyone and all these voices. It, Trudy, in my life, it made a huge difference in terms of letting me hear better from God. Amen. I love that. My my dad is 75 years old and he still has a flip phone. And he's like, I don't want one of those other phones when, pe- when people can reach me, you know, every you know second through texting, through messaging. He goes, I just want this simple thing. If I need to call someone or if I need an emergency, then I can go to the phone. But yes, technology is good. But sometimes, you know, we've got to learn to put it aside. You know, we've got to learn to put first things first. And and that's, I love that of not having the ringer on in your home. Um, We only have a few more minutes left. Let's just touch a little bit more on how can someone walk out of that anxiety and out of that depression if they're just tuning in and they, they're saying, you know what, I'm just full of anxiety and, and depression. What do you have any words of advice for our viewers for that? Absolutely. I think it starts with 
finding out the promises of God if you don't know them already, beginning to read our Bible and saying, this is what God promises. He promises he has a plan for our life. He promises he loves us. He calls us his own and we are his treasured possession. And then perhaps writing them down. But Trudy, deciding heart and mind to believe them and to start living life as though they're true, even if we don't feel those realities. Maybe we feel completely unloved, but choosing to live every day with the belief that God loves us and allowing that to eventually move past our heart, past our mind to our hearts and becoming our reality. And I think as we begin to realize how much we're loved by God, I think fear often follows because our world sends such a different message. And we realize that we've been living lies and that's sometimes a very upsetting place to be. And then we have to choose to move forward, whether we feel fear or not. We have to move forward in the way we feel because that's how we find life and that's how we find joy again. It's not in staying home and isolated and cut off from God because we're angry and cut off from others because we're afraid of rejection or people hurt us. It's taking the risk to build relationship again with God first and then with others. And, you know, the beautiful thing, Trudy, in my life is as I began to take that path and move to freedom in life in relationships again, I was amazed at what a gift it was to others. I had no idea, but I began to be to bring a message of life and truth to people who were also hurting. So it's amazing how God can heal two people um, through one friendship. Amen. Well, you know, they say, you know, 95% of people are walking around wearing a mask because they're afraid Mm. of what people are going to say about them or are they afraid they're going to be rejected or, you know, and so if you can be real and bring other people into being real, there is freedom in that, you know, there's, there's freedom in that. And the enemy again, wants us to be fearful you know, so that we will stay in isolation. Um, but I think you touched on a, a, an important thing. And then I want to hear about your daughter. But um, believe. We have to believe. It, it's not a feeling, but it's a belief. We have to believe that God is who he says he is. And because of that, we are who he says we are. And his word and his promises are for us. You know, and so we have to learn to believe that we are enough that he loves us, you know, that we're the apple of his eye. And sometimes I know for people listening, that's hard. It's hard to believe because you've been rejected so much, but that's what Father God wants us to believe, that we are loved and that his promises are for us. Yes. And that's, you know, where we find hope and meaning. And that's where we find the motivation to move forward in understanding and accepting God's love for us and his plan for our life. Amen. Can you share about your daughter? Um, I would love to hear. You said she was a miracle story. And so can we end on that note? Yes, Trudy, you know, um, two years had passed and I had, I would say recovered a lot, not fully, but I wanted a child so desperately. It was almost an obsession, praying and praying and praying and hoping. And so I went to the doctor's office. We did all these tests and we go to find out the situation. And he puts a paper in front of me in big, huge font that says zero decimal zero, 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 one. And that can only mean one thing, bad news. So sure enough, he's like, well, this is your chance of having a child. And, you know, Trudy, for a split second, I was so disheartened. But immediately I felt a huge relief because I realized it wasn't about praying more or eating the right things for lunch or getting the exercise and rest I needed. Of course, I would try to be healthy, but this was way bigger than me. It was now in God's 
court. And mm-hmm. so I actually felt relief at that dismal news. I think maybe a part of me knew it was true, but now I could say, God, I fully surrender everything. And now I know that I need to either be joyful and happy and find meaning in life without a child or you'll have to do the impossible. And I had seen him do it once before. So Trudy, that's where I was. And like two or three months later, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, um, I didn't talk much about my injuries, but I'll say in pregnancy, I had a totally wild child. And your mother's listening won't believe this. She kicked 18 hours a day. And I realized people won't believe it. I didn't even know it was crazy. I, I learned to sleep while getting kicked. By six months, right. she had kicked out all my deep scar tissue and I was pain free and again you know doctors are saying well it can come back and never came back my torso has been healed and um also the pregnancy of course had all these hormones well I was crazy and these hormones made me feel normal (laughs) and I'm feeling joyful and I'm so filled with anticipation excitement again the doctors are saying you're probably going to be depressed afterwards so I was very fearful well she's born And I called the doctor that night. I'm like, I'm still happy. What's wrong with me? He's like, well, you know, birthing hormones. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. It's still going to come. Three months passes and it took me forever. It was Christmas, six months. She was six months old. And I said, you know what, Lord, I surrender. I'm not going to live life in fear because I'm sure I don't have pregnancy hormones with the six months old. And so obviously, God, you've healed me truly in a way that was truly way beyond what I had ever asked or imagined. Oh, I love it. That is just so beautiful. And how old is she today? She's four and a half. Wow. And her name is Willow? Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. Well, we are going to we're going to go ahead and come to an end. I would love for you to come back because we haven't touched on hardly anything that I want our viewers to know about you. We've touched on a lot, but there is so much more. Before we close, can you let our viewers know how they can get in touch with you? Yes, please feel free to look me up at womeninthebible.info and you'll find a series of videos that are free access for you. Just me sharing personally about how these women in the Bible have transformed my life and how we can relate to them. And of course, get my book and, you know, dive into these stories of women because they're great role models for us. But Trudy, they also became like friends along the road for me. So it's a beautiful study. It's powerful and life-changing to study God's word and certainly try to do so with a friend or a sister or a neighbor too. Amen. I love that. I love it. So, and also for y'all listening on my podcast or radio, you can um, go to our YouTube channel and I'll have all of Marina's information in our chat. And so you can reach out to her that way too. And it will be on our Facebook page. So you'll be able to get in touch with her um, many different ways. And then hopefully you will come back Marina and share some more. Maybe we can do a a little in a little touch of each woman in the Bible, because I know we, we really wanted to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so maybe we could do that next time. Sounds um, so good. Yeah. So, y'all, thank you for tuning in today. And we pray blessings upon you. We pray that each of you just have a supernatural love encounter with the Lord that rocks your world and changes your life forever because he loves you. He sees you. You are you are the righteousness of Christ. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and you lack no good thing. And you truly need to believe it so that you can walk in all God has for you. Thanks for tuning in today to The Christian View. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Trudy Podcast. Learn more and get in touch with us at trudysimmons.net. That's trudysimmons.net. 
and help us to reach others with these encouraging messages of hope and inspiration by simply sharing them with your friends on your favorite social media platform. God bless, and thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you again soon, right here on the Dr. Trudy Podcast. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.